If you would, please rise as we read God's Word together. This morning we are continuing our walk through some of the Psalms. This morning will be Psalm 100. This has been a psalm that we've already used a couple different times throughout our worship today. And it is a very familiar song, but it is a good psalm. So hear the reading of God's Word. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. The reading of God's Word. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, watch over this, Your Word. We thank You for it and we praise You for it. So Holy Spirit, now take these words, your words, mold, shape, guide and protect because of your word. Guide my words and carry them to your people. May they not return void, for you are our God. And we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. The opening stanza of Psalm 100 is very, very familiar to us, isn't it? Most of you, I would say, or maybe say many of you probably have it memorized. If you don't have it memorized, you know right away what it is once it's read out loud. We know these words. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. These are familiar and good and right words. Come into His presence with singing. As I've said on occasion throughout this series in Psalms, the book of Psalms is indeed the hymn book of God's people. You see, the Psalms, as we know, or you may not know, but they are meant to be sung. They are not only meant to be read, but they are actually designed and created to be sung by God's people. And they're designed to stick in our heads. The words are meant and designed just by poetry and lyrics to stick in your heads, just like that bad 80s song or that New Kids on the Block song gets stuck in your head and you can't get it out. So too, these are designed to be like that bad 80s song, to stick in your head and difficult to get out. This is why the Psalms are so recognizable, not just because they're read over and over again because by intentionality and creation, we're supposed to remember them. I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. That's not the exact lyric of Psalm 100, but we know that song very well because we've sung it over and over again. We know it, right? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. We know that because this is the design of the psalm. But this morning, I want to look at this psalm perhaps in a, in a little bit different kind of way than what you may expect or, or maybe even what is, is, is normal. My hope is that when we look at Psalm 100, we don't just say, oh, that's Psalm 100. I know that already. And I'm just going to tune out and not pay attention because I already know what Ryan's going to say because I've heard it a thousand times over and over again in a thousand different ways. I got it. I get it. But I pray, my prayer this morning, is that we would see these words 
with fresh eyes. And our ears would be in tune not so much to how clever or not I am, but to the impact and the power that the Lord provides us in Psalm 100. So in order to best understand Psalm 100, I think, Ryan thinks, it's best to skip all the way down to the end of the psalm. So turn with me in your Bibles, your apps, or wherever you are, to verse 5. Where these words may not be the most well-known, or we don't remember them as quickly, but it's what drives this psalm. It's, 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 it's literally the foundation, if you were to stand the psalm on its end. It's literally the support system by which the rest of the psalm stands. So verse 5, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. It's here at the end of the psalm that drives it, as I said. It's the foundation. Or maybe we can say this. Verse 5 answers the question, why? If you noticed in Psalm 100, there's a lot of commands, a lot of imperatives, seven to be exact. Can you count them? We're not going to go through all of those things, but it says to make a joyful noise, serve, enter, do all of these things, give thanks, bless his name. But if you're like me, and as I looked at this psalm again this week, maybe I'm a cynic. (laughs) Maybe it's just my rebellious heart. Maybe it's just who I am and how I'm wired. But what I kept coming back to over and over again is, why? Why should I sing? Why should I enter? Why should I be glad? Why should I serve? Why? And then as I began to ask those questions, I thought back to my life, when have I ever heard that refrain over and over again? Why? Why, Dad? Why, Mom? Why? 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 Exactly. This is what we do and this is what we know as parents with our children, right? They ask this question, why? Why? In 2009, the University of Michigan did a remarkable study. I think I probably could have found the the answers on my own without spending lots of money, but here is the study anyway. They studied a number of children about this very thing. Why do children ask why? And in this study, someone else came alongside them. It was a Harvard researcher and said and determined that children from the ages of two to five ask over 40,000 questions. Moms, you know all 40,000 of those questions, don't you? Why? Why is the sky blue? Why is the sun behind the clouds? Why is the grass green? Why is there a truck? Why is there a bus? We know these things, right? Why? And so the study from University of Michigan concluded this. They genuinely want to know why. I, like I said, I could have told them that. But why do they ask the questions? Because they genuinely want an answer. And if you don't give them a satisfactory answer, what do they do? They ask the same question over again. Why is there a truck, Dad? I don't know. Why? And they'll ask until they get a good answer. And so this morning, this is how I want us to approach Psalm 100. Why? And I hope to provide you a satisfactory answer so you don't have to keep asking why. 
But this is what we do. And I think it's a good process to go through and to, and to dive into. Because we too have genuine curiosity and we genuinely want to know the answers that we, find, that we have to our questions in Scripture. Because asking questions is a fundamental thing. How children grow and learn and know about the world that surrounds them. And so too we, even as adults, should ask questions like why. Ask the question why of Scripture because it's fundamental to our growth. It's fundamental to how we learn and how we know and how we know our Lord. So why is a good question to ask. And then answering why is important also. It's important how we answer our kids. How we answer our spouses, our friends, our coworkers, the people that we don't know or don't get along with. We have to understand what it means to answer well and to know the motivation behind the why. So here in Psalm 100, as I said, there are seven commands given to us. Seven ways in which we are to live our lives in the presence of each other and in the presence of the Lord. Seven imperatives for what it looks like to praise and give thanks to the Lord. I'm 47 years old, and again, the thing that kept coming back to me in this passage was why. Why? Why should I? Why should the people that listen to this message serve, sing, enter, bless? Why should anyone who reads this passage do any of these things? I had the privilege this week to be on the campus of UTA this um, past couple days, or one day this week, and I was there with Nate as he set up a table um, to pass out invitations to students to various events that are going on the, at the, in RUF this fall. It was a wonderful time. I got to talk to a number of students. But there was one conversation with one particular gentleman that kind of just stood out to me, and it was a really, really long conversation. I think it was probably 15, 20 minutes long. And it was a really odd and strange conversation. The conversation was all over the map about all kinds of different things about Christianity and spirituality and spiritualism and all of these things. And frankly and honestly, it, it was a little bit incongruous and, and scattered. And I didn't really know what or why we were talking about any of these things because it just simply didn't make sense to me. And the conversation ended a bit abruptly because I realized he was just trying to antagonize me. And I think I left it graciously. I hope I did. I, I'm pretty sure I did. And I even stepped back from that conversation, even on that day, thinking that was the weirdest, craziest, strangest thing I've ever been a part of. But then the next few days I thought about that, and I thought about my responses, and I thought about our conversation, and it occurred to me, he wasn't trying to antagonize. In his own very real way, he was asking, just like our children do, why? Why did Jesus do that? Why do you believe this? Why do I believe that? Perhaps I didn't give a satisfactory answer. I don't know. But the question of why did happen. Why did this happen? And we ask the same questions, don't we? Maybe it's not always about Jesus, but about our own lives. Why did my life turn out this way? Why did this relationship go that way? Why did this happen and not that? 
Why did that happen and not this? Psalm 100 provides a satisfactory answer to that question, why? So look at verses 5 to 6 again with me. Or 5, excuse me. For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. Why? Because the Lord is good. Why? Because His steadfast love endures forever. Why? Because He's faithful to all generations. Do you see now how this is the foundation of the entire psalm? Why? For the Lord is good. He is good. Why? Because He's generous. This is the definition of being good for God. He's a generous God. He's good because He is generous and He is merciful. He is good because He's generous, merciful, and He is loving. Why is He those things? Because His steadfast love endures forever. We think in terms of time, don't we? Our lives revolve around time, and some of you are even asking, when are you going to be done, Ryan? We like time. It's how we understand our existence. We're governed by it. We're governed by the constraints of time. Everything we do, to the time we go to school, to the end of school, to work, to the end of work, it's time. So we have a really hard time grasping this word forever. I don't understand it. I can't, because my mind can only understand it's like 11.20 on a Sunday morning. That's my understanding of time right now. I don't get forever. It becomes increasingly difficult to grasp loving something or someone forever. This does not come easily into our comprehension, and yet here we are told that, why? Because the, lo- the Lord loves us forever. That forever love is, is not merely a love that started when you were conceived. Can you imagine that? That love for you started before the foundations of time. And that love for you is going on right now. It'll happen tomorrow. And it will happen a week from today, a year from today, and into eternity. So in the past eternally, and in the future eternally, the Lord loves you steadfastly forever. This is what it means for the Lord to love us. He loves you now and He will love you for eternity. Why does He do that? Because He's faithful to all generations I thought about that statement in that particular part of this verse. What does it mean to be faithful to generations? To me, where I stood, landed on, I should say, is that we're not getting closer to the end of generations. We're not somehow creeping forward into time of generations. We are a part of the generations. For all generations are God's people, and His sense of time doesn't make sense in the same way that we do. We are the same, same as the generation of the people that came out of Egypt. We, he is faithful to each and every generation, and He remains faithful to the people forever. And He remains faithful to the people in Israel as they were constructing idols of gold. And He remains faithful to us as we construct our own idols. And He loves us. And He remains faithful to us. Why? Because the Lord is good, loving, and faithful. 
This is who our God is. Our lives are, are filled then with things that aren't good. We, we know what that means. Our lives are filled with things that are not loving. People that aren't faithful. We aren't faithful. And too often the reality of the brokenness and sin is defined by the opposite of what the Lord is. For this is our experience, isn't it? It's things that aren't good, aren't loving, aren't merciful, and aren't faithful. And how deeply we know the dissatisfaction, the disappointment, and the hurts of life because of the impacts of our brokenness. Some of you perhaps even this week have experienced these things. Not being loved. Someone who betrayed you. Someone who didn't give you mercy or grace or the benefit of the doubt. Some of you betrayed. Some of you didn't love very well. Some of you weren't faithful. This is the reality of our existence, isn't it? And then the psalm comes to both of you, to all of us. And it comes to our aid and says, you may have been hurt, you may have done the hurting, but the Lord is good. He is loving and He is faithful to all of us to every generation, to every one of his people. So where does that leave us this morning? How does that then build up into the rest of the psalm? Verses 1 and 2 tell us that it leaves us in a place of service. You see that? Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. And here is the second command. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Because the Lord is good and loving and faithful, we are to come and we are to serve. We are the servants of the good, faithful, and loving God. And we are, in, we are to enter into his, praise, into his gates with singing. Now, if you're like me and we hear that word serve, the knee-jerk reaction is like, oh, no, really? That's not a nice word in our vernacular. It's just not. I don't want to be a servant. Everything I've been taught is I'm supposed to be autonomous, independent, be my own person, be my own man, strive after everything that I want. We've all been taught this. This is what our culture teaches us. Anything but being a servant. The term servant for us is a terrible word in all kinds of contexts. In a world where we're taught these things are just bad, so the Lord is saying to us, is He saying, I should say, is the Lord saying to us, don't be your own person? You shouldn't be autonomous? You, you, you shouldn't be independent? No, I actually think that this type of servitude is giving us freedom to be independent, to be loving, to be our own person, to be autonomous because of what the Lord has done for us. He's giving us the freedom to be glad and to sing, and to serve. Augustine of Hippo, in his sermon on Psalm 100, writes these words, Fear not, fear not, the servitude of the Lord, there will be no groaning there. 
No discontent, no indignation, no one seeketh to be sold to another master, since it is a sweet service. Because we are redeemed. What does it mean to be the servant of the Lord? According to Augustine of Hippo, it means that you've been redeemed. That you've been taken from the bondage of slavery and sin. You've been taken out of the type of servanthood that we think of and into the service of the King who has your best interests at heart and loves you forever and is faithful to all generations. And so it is a sweet service in the service of the Lord God Almighty. It means that we've been taken out of this thing called sin and into His service, out of sin and death and into life. For in Jesus Christ, the Lord, we have been redeemed and we are redeemed again through His goodness, through His love, through His mercy, and through His faithfulness and through His grace. Philippians 2.8 says these words to us. And being found in human form, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Friends, this morning, as those who have been hurt and those who hurt, This redemption is for you. This is the very definition of goodness, of love, and of faithfulness. That the Lord Jesus took on flesh. He died and He rose again in order to show His loving and steadfast love to you and to the generations. Jesus is the suffering servant. He is the one who redeems you through His life, death, and resurrection. To know Jesus as your Redeemer is to know the sweet service of the Lord God Almighty. It's to know the sweet service that Augustine of Hippo preached about so many years ago and that the psalmist points out to us here this morning. This sweet service is not drudgery, but rather one of gladness and singing because the one to whom we serve gave His life for us. So when we're asked to serve, when we're asked to serve in the nursery, when we're asked to serve communion, when we're asked to serve as greeters, when we're asked to serve setting up chairs, to take down chairs, whatever it is, it's not a drudgery when we understand that we are in the sweet service of the King because He lived and He died and He rose again as our suffering servant. And He defines this verse for us this morning. There's nothing more than one can give than his life, and Jesus has done just that. So then make a joyful noise, right? This is what Jesus has done. This is why we sing. And he says to us, make a joyful noise to the earth. Why? Because we've been redeemed, and we're in the service of the King. And so there's a song that some may know. Sing of his promises evermore. Pour out your thankfulness. Let it overflow. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Pour out your thankfulness. Let it overflow. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We know that song, I think. The Lord is good. He is loving. And He is faithful. Why are we so unhappy then? Why are we so unhappy? Erector sets. Is that why we're unhappy? Erector sets. Every boy, I think, from my generation and perhaps older, guys, older guys, you wanted an erector set, didn't you? 
you don't know what an erector set is, then I'm sorry. I'll take just a second to explain it. It's just a bunch of metal and nuts and bolts that you can put stuff together and you can make cranes and all kinds of different things. Well, I remember one time I was sitting down on the couch in my family room and I was looking at the Sears catalog. Yes, once upon a time we flipped through catalogs, we circled what we wanted for our birthday or for Christmas, and we gave it to our parents and said, I want that. And so I did. And I wanted a remote control erector set because now all of a sudden the erector sets had more than metal. They had like rubber tires and they had planks and they had a remote control device that I could build a truck and it would be remote control. How awesome is that? And so I circled it in the Sears catalog and I gave it to my mom and dad and the generosity of my parents, thanks mom and dad, they had it at the tree on Christmas and I had a remote control erector set. However, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. The remote control didn't do what the Sears catalog told me it wouldn't do. Or I didn't do what I wanted it to do, and it just never really was all I wanted. I was dissatisfied. By definition, I was unhappy, even with the rubber wheels and the plastic. I was unhappy. To this day, I still go through those emotions. I don't call them erector sets. I call them something different. I call them power and pride, ego, money, respect. I strive after them. I long for them. I ask for them. And they're not always what I want them to be. I don't know what they are in your life, but I think it's probably something similar. Relationships, kids, jobs, retirement, husbands, wives. At some point, each of those things lets us down. They ultimately leave us unsatisfied. Verse 3 sings joyfully into that reality. Where's our true satisfaction? What does it say? You see that? Look at verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Psalm 23 gives us more insight into those verses, doesn't it? Psalm, tells, Psalm 23 tells us that this pasture is green. And there's a cool river running through it where we can get a drink. Psalm 23 tells us that in that pasture of green pastures with cool water, the Lord is our shepherd. And as our shepherd, it is his rod and his staff that guide us and comfort us. As wonderful as the image of Psalm 23 is, I want to take us to another part of Scripture this morning that fills out Psalm 23 and fills out Psalm 100 in even greater levels and with much more power. It says these words. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. 
if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it back up again. This charge I have received from my Father. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the wonderful reality of Psalm 100, that we are secure, and nothing, nothing, nothing can take you from the Lord God when you're in His sheepfold. And the gate by which we enter into His presence is what? What did Jesus say in John 10? It's Him. Jesus is the gate. This is the wonderful reality of Psalm 100 because we're ultimately satisfied and secured by the great shepherd of the sheep. And so when we enter into his presence, we do so because Jesus gives us the ability to do so. This is where we find satisfaction. This is where we find satisfaction for everything and everyone. And everything and everyone else are thieves and robbers of our emotions of our temptations, of our lives, and even of our salvation. So why do we sing? Why do we give thanks and praise? Because our satisfaction is found in Jesus Christ alone, not in our country, our state, our city, our status, our position, our politics, or anything else. Who you are is a sheep of the great shepherd, who loves you and has laid down his life and he's taken it back up again for you. This then finally answers the question, why? Because he loved you and he gave his only son for you that you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life. You have everlasting life as his So, because of this reality, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Sing because the Lord is good, because he is loving, and because he is faithful. And then there is indeed gladness in the gates, for we are his. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you have called us and you have brought us into your pasture and you call us by name and we can know your voice. And so, Lord, speak to us now. I pray that you have used these words to grow your people, to help them to understand, to know how secure we are in your love and faithfulness to us. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus, who lives and loves us forever and ever for all generations. Amen.